Spring has finally arrived and that means planting time. Welcome to Around Farm Progress from the nation's leading agricultural information provider. Each week we'll connect with different Farm Progress editors around the country to explore hot topics and ideas of interest in agriculture. I'm Willie Vogt, your host and editorial director at Farm Progress. Thanks for joining me on this week's trip around the country. We're talking planting, and while COVID-19 is on the minds of many, so is the work at hand. Our virtual journey today starts in the panhandle of Texas, where equipment is rolling and closed to schools bring extra help a little early. Next, we're headed to the Midwest, where planting hasn't started, but prep work has, and we also get an update on logistics and support. And finally, we head southeast to talk not only about planting, but how COVID-19 is impacting university research in 2020, and it is. Let's head to Texas. So trying to catch up with what's going on in planting, we're talking with Shelly Hughley down in Southwest Farm Press. You were in the, you're in the panhandle of Texas, right? Isn't that where you're located? I am. I'm between Lubbock and Amarillo. I always tell people just west of the interstate. And um, I tell you, it's, there's nothing like spring on the farm because not only is planting season starting, and that gives you this sense of it's a new year it's a new season but the flowers are blooming and it's just there's just signs everywhere in in uh, rural America that it's springtime it's a new season so it's exciting that's the part of agriculture we like no matter how bad last year was we always get to do it again and that's kind of fun I don't want to hear about flowers blooming I'm based in Minnesota (laughs) And uh, it doesn't look like quite the same here, but that's the other part about uh, agriculture and working at Farm Progress. We have such a diverse group of editors. So let's talk about planting 2020. You are in the thick of it, I think, where you are now. What's the sense where you are and what are you seeing? Well, we are in the thick of it. I tell you, today we have a high of 92, if that gives you any idea of, of what our spring is like so far. And uh, my husband and son, who is uh, has been a huge help this week, has been helping Preston get the get the planner ready. I was listening, overhearing their conversation this morning as they're they're talking about working on the planner and checking through everything. And uh, so they're they're just getting the equipment ready to go to the field. We're really grateful because we've uh, had some good pre-plant moisture, which is. Um, a change. Usually around here, we're starting the year out uh, running pivots, not having had any rainfall, and the soil is so dry. And uh, so what a blessing to start the year uh, with with soil moisture, and, and uh, it's just a good place to start. And so so that's encouraging. When you when you talk to growers and you've been talking to growers growers and university people the last few weeks in the midst of this as we started into a new way to operate our businesses basically what are you hearing from the farmers and the people you've been talking to in your part of the world? So I talked with a grower yesterday near College Station. Uh, they have already planted about fifty percent of their milo. Um, they'll plant cotton next, um, and he talked talked about that they're trying something new this year. Uh, they're planting sunflowers and he's actually contracted with a bird seed feeder distributor that's close to him. And so he's, he's trying something new this year that, that he's excited about. And um, another plus to this is, is he will store the bird seed and, and this gentleman will pay him 
um, to store it because he doesn't have the storage. So he'll have additional income there. So, um, you know, growers are always looking for another avenue, another way to, um, to make another dollar. And, and so he's, he's diversifying some, and then he's got a cow calf operation and he said they're calving right now. So he's, everybody's just busy either planting or calving or, um, just, just taking care of springtime business. It's, as far as attitudes, I'll be honest, um, like where, while there's this excitement about spring and planting, uh, there's just a heaviness about markets and where, where things are at right now. And it just feels, um, they're, they're just discouraged and, and, uh, hopeful things are going to, going to turn around. Isn't that like you said, we're, I think as farmers, we're, we're always operating on, on hope that it's going to get better. Yeah, I think that's, that's what we have to operate on. I guess the one, I, and then we also look for the bright side. I, I don't want to violate yeah. copyright, but there's a song from a Monty Python Broadway play, Always Look on the Bright Side of Life, not to be sung here. But anyway, that, that's kind of <laughs> how we think in this business. But the question right? for you two is, uh, did, you, did you top off your diesel tank at the farm? Because... Now's a good time. <laughs> now is a good time. Yes. So we've been trying to take advantage of, of all of those things. And uh, of course, we only have some, again, storage is an issue. Yeah. So we've, yeah. we've got it where we can store it. So uh, we're, we're thankful for, uh, for diesel prices. But yeah. um, the, like, again, look at the bright side. I think uh, the other thing I guess I was going to ask you guys, I mean, you, you do get ready for planting. Any issues getting seed to the farm? Do you have all the things you need to keep moving? Or are you looking at I've got enough stuff for a couple of weeks and I'm hoping, you know, everything comes in? Or what's your logistical standpoint from your farm? And are you hearing anything from other farmers you've been talking to? You know, uh, we are not experiencing any issues. And, and when I talked with that grower yesterday and uh, I talked with uh, Joe Hurst at Hurst Farm Supply, he's a huge dealership here. Nobody seems to be having any issues. Uh, our seed salesman also talked to him or my husband's been talking to him. He feels confident uh, that that there shouldn't shouldn't be an issue. So we're just moving forward and uh don't don't anticipate any issues so really the issues you're really worried about this is a norm almost a normal year in terms of the last six years <laughs> prices they've been the same shell so whatever like, normal okay whatever normal is but the other side <laughs> of it is you got what you need for planting and we can get a crop in the ground it looks like weather's kind of on your side right now and then we're back to what we always worry about in agriculture weather at price, yeah. at price. So I think looking, I'm, I'm kind of looking in normal. I think I told somebody on email this morning, if one more person tells me to wash my hands for 20 seconds, I might have a breakdown <laughs> and <Right>. it's because <laughs> it's important news. But every time I turn around, it's on TV ads and TV news and the paper. I think the paper actually pops up when you, I use the digital version of our local paper and I think it almost pops up with the wash your hands logo. I mean, right. it's important. We need to take care of ourselves, maintain social distance. Of course, I feel, to me, the greatest vehicle for social dis distance is a planter tractor. There you go. <laughs> just, just there thing. you go. Yes. Yes. Well, let's no, talk no about better one, place. one issue. Right. We all work at home. Farm Progress, uh, for those listening to the podcast for the first time or who may not know our editors, um, most of us work at home. 
Yeah. Uh, most of us don't work at home with our children all the time. Um, uh, you have farm kids now and at home all the time right now. But I we joked about this a little bit. Isn't your son living the dream? Uh, yes, yes. Well, he's living our dream. I'm not sure he would say it's his dream. Um, but <laughs> no, he's he's going to work every day with his daddy and helping spray weeds and get the planner ready and basically uh, start pivots. The girls, I have two girls, a uh, fifth grader and a senior. And uh, they were out yesterday uh, re-nozzling a sprinkler. And so we're just trying to when, when this all hit, my farmer and I sat down and had a conversation and said, okay, so if school's going to be closed, how can we integrate them into the farm? Because we're sure not sitting around on cell phones all day. Right. And uh, how, can we, how can we make them a part of what we're doing? And, and that's, that's what's happening. The girls are cooking and cleaning and doing whatever I need. And uh, so we're we're just trying to make it work. It's not a perfect science, but it's working. And I'm just so thankful that we have the farm to go to and to get away and be outside and work together. So it's good. That's fun. And that's the benefit of being on the farm. Uh, there's Absolutely. usually, as we'll always tell everybody, there's always something to do. Uh, <laughs> that's for sure. Always. Well, good news. Uh, planters off and running in the south. It looks like uh, the weather's in your on your side and maybe not running pivots as much which is great for um the water bill later i know that yes. all plays out at the end of the season shelly hugley it's been good chatting with you catching up with what's going on in the southwest uh stay safe uh stay productive obviously we've got work to do on our side as well and it's good chatting with you and um we've enjoyed it and again have a safe planting season thanks so much now on to illinois to check in on what's happening in the midwest Planters aren't rolling yet, but prep work is, and we get an update on what we're hearing about the logistics of this planting season. We're catching up with Holly Spangler, the editor of Prairie Farmer, who um, does work at home because she lives on a farm and her husband is actively involved in getting ready or getting lined up for plant 20, as we're calling it this year. Holly, what's going on at your place? Uh, give us a little sense of the fun with all your kids at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've been, I've been joking that, you know, I've worked from home for 22 years. I feel like I've trained all my life for this moment, but um, yeah, I mean, there, there really isn't a lot different in terms of our day to day. I'm home anyway, my husband, you know, farms and we're calving and all that good stuff is happening, but my kids are home from school. So it kind of feels like summer, but with homework. So not good. Now, you've been talking to a lot of people recently, as we all have in the midst of the changes that are happening. What's the sense you get from the farmers you talk to? I know you talk to a lot of people. Just the sense of them, it's it's spring. What's the sense about that? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's um, late March now. It maybe doesn't feel like it. We just had snow, you know, a few days ago again. Um, we've had a lot of moisture. There's a lot of subsoil moisture going on in, in Illinois at this point and through a lot of the Midwest. Um, there's a lot of concern. You know, we've joked for several months, right, that our biggest worry about 2020 was another 2019. Um, that continues as we look at uh, the forecast and the soil moisture that we currently have. Um, National Weather Service has just come out, you know, with their um, you know, forecasts for the next three months, looking at um, higher than normal rainfalls and flooding through the upper Mississippi. Um, and then, of course, you know, then we see that too, you know, just carry on down the river. So those are the big concerns, you know, that and just um, when, like, like every year, when do we get in the field? 
Right. And then on, on top of that, now we add in the questions about, will my dealer be open? Will there be seat available because of transportation? Um, a little bit. It's not that I think we're pretty positioned. Well, you've been talking to people about the uh, logistics a little bit this week. What have you learned? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've spoke with several different people. Um, Rod Wells at Gromark shared, you know, they're really sitting well. They um, have about, what do you say, they have 95% of their um, seed has already been sent to uh, retail, you know, locations or it's already on farm. So it's essentially out the door and they're just working on the last 5% now. And they're similar on their soybean uh, seed supplies, chemicals the same way, you know, a lot of retailers in their Growmark network, you know, have said they're sitting on 95% of their chemical supply that they're going to need. And so that's good, you know, for all of them at this point. Um, Corteva, Ben Kaler told me the same thing. You know, they don't foresee any, you know, crop protection or seed supply issues. Uh, most of it is either delivered or been staged for delivery. So that's that's good news for us. I'll take good news because that's kind of what we need a little bit. And obviously we're doing it, as I joked earlier, with clean hands, um, which is which is apparently right. our focus. So we've got to wash those hands. <laughs> I think it's, it's real interesting from the standpoint, too. I, I think this does lay out one key fact. Um, in agriculture, we get it. We get logistics. Yeah. Um, we're in position. We're ready to go. I think that uh, I, I was curious about uh, the – uh, mood of the farmer in your house. How is uh, uh, John Spangler uh, doing this? Is he just basically let's get going? Is he concerned, or how does social distance impact him? <laughs> He's fine with social distancing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not surprised by that answer. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think a lot of I think a lot of farmers would fall into that boat. Um, you know, I mean, they all he talks on the phone to a lot of his buddies all the time anyway, right? Good. He's not really a coffee shop person. Um, so that would be harder, you know, for the guys who are used to seeing each other pretty regularly. One of the things I thought was interesting, you know, one of the sources I talked to here in the last few days with a, with a fertilizer supplier, you know, and they have a, a network of, of independent, uh, dealers throughout the state who, um, you know, they had been trying to, how do you, how do you gently say to these folks, Hey, we're going to need to shut down that 6:30 AM coffee pot. You know, that you, even mm-hmm. though they aren't a coffee shop, they're functioning that way <laughs> because everybody comes in. And he said, you know, let's be honest, the folks who are coming in and circling around that coffee pot are, you know, in that 70 um, years old age range and some of the most, you know, people who could be affected. So um, he said, you know, we don't want to, you know, push people away. But at the same time, he's like, we've got to protect our employees, too, you know, because we're a people centric business and we don't want all of our folks getting sick, you know, at the time they need to be, you know, getting in the field too and, and, and helping farmers. Right. I think that's a big deal. I, I talked with, um, I'm working on the farm equipment side and the same issue. Um, uh, I know of one, I've heard of one dealer that actually has an immune compromised employee because he's on some uh, medicine right now and they've locked their doors. They've got a sign on it. If you're coming, call, and there's a sign on the door, you know, let us know you're here. We'll bring your parts out to your truck. 
they're doing all that kind of thing. I think the tech coming to the field to tune up the tractor or fix something, log in that laptop, he's going to, he'll still come and, or she will still come. But I think those are going to be issues that we're all going to, you just need to think about. It's just a little bit of common sense. Um, But you're right. The same thing. You know, I joked uh, with this one person um, I've been writing. I used to write in the farm equipment dealer business and we used to write about, you know, Hey dealers, make sure all the lights are on, make sure a welcoming environment. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, you want to be the place people want to come and kind of roam the shop a little bit or the the showroom. And now we're saying, go home, stay away. So it's, (laughs) it does kind of change your attitude, but the other side of it is, um, uh, the, I actually never thought of a, a John Deere dealer with a drive up window, but you know, those days may be coming. And right. so it, it right. might change your perspective. The good news is that, uh, that again, we're, we're ready and we can figure this out. Uh, we have heard Deere and Agco are scaling back production, but that doesn't mean there won't be parts. And, um, the, uh, whole point is that, uh, we're ready and we're going to get some crop in the ground. If, if we if now we're up to if God willing and the Creek don't rise, right. <laughs> Yeah, you know, everybody that I asked that question of, so what, you know, where's the biggest potential for hiccup in your supply chain? They said, you know, they're not concerned about the actual product, right, or the equipment or whatever that might be that they're producing or selling. Their biggest fear is people getting sick at their facility, you know, and then um, then that leads to a bigger discussion about then who do you quarantine and how far does that go? How many people do you take out, you know, of your of your normal um, you know, employee staff load. And, and, and like a lot of businesses in the world today, like nobody's overly staffed, right? So they're no one, running, no, I got that. Yeah. Yeah. They're running on just enough people to get the job done and, and they can't maybe necessarily take out half of those folks. So I think that that's probably going to be the biggest impact of this event is that every business needs to sit back and go, have we gone too thin? Um, the grocery mm-hmm. industry went to a just-in-time model because it it leaned up um, costs and improved margins for shareholders. Great, right? Mm-hmm. Now we find out just-in-time doesn't work when um, you're, an entire month of shopping happens in three days. You can't get it back in there. And and we're not just talking about paper towel, uh, paper towels, toilet paper, and bread. Um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously no one's gluten intolerant in times of trouble. But the <laughs> whole idea is that that we may look at this and go, um, maybe we should have more. I mean, I know you have farm employees. I was talking to somebody the other day. It's like if their farmer gets sick, there's nobody to farm the farm. Where right. do they turn for help? And I think we're starting to see some talk about that. So uh, that's the other thing about networking. You need to network in the neighborhood, I think. Is there someone else that can help? This is agriculture. We always we always help where we can. But, uh, you know, what's the situation in your, your neighborhood for sure? Right, um, right. Well, and we're seeing already, you know, people in town who are looking at their normal um, lines of employment and going, you know, I don't know when this is going to break and maybe I've got some other skills. We actually got a call from a friend in town who uh, we had no idea she could drive a semi, <laughs> but she apparently can. She has a CDL and, you know, is offering that up at some point. So um, I think we'll learn a lot about each other. That's great news. I mean, just the the lack of CDLs in the countryside. I mean, it's right. a huge issue. Anyway, she just made herself valuable no matter what. Very much. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to agriculture. That's that's really good. Well, Holly, it's been great talking to you. We're talking to Holly Spangler, a prairie farmer, and she's in the heart of Illinois. Um, actually, when we talk about social distance, having been to your place, it doesn't get much more distant than that, um, which is great news. Good luck to you. I know that in your household, where you've also got the children, there is one member of your household who's probably not having any trouble with this 
being at home situation. Um, we're just not going to mention him by name. <laughs> yeah, he's living his best life right now. <laughs> but does he know where his belt is? That's all I'm asking. Anyway, <laughs> it's all no, We don't need any belts in a quarantine, right? <laughs> that's, that's right. No, we, no, sweatpants are just fine. Anyway, well, it's good to talk with you. You have a great planting season as always. Stay safe and uh, we'll be talking to you soon. And good to talk to you, Holly. Thanks, Billy. Appreciate it. In Georgia, corn planting has been going on for a couple of weeks, and farmers are getting ready to seed peanuts and cotton. They're pushing forward with what matters most. But what about universities? With closed campuses, there may be trouble for 2020 research. So we're going down south, and we're going to travel to Georgia, where I'm going to talk with Brad Hare, who's the editor of Southeast Farm Press. Um, and you're in Albany, Georgia. How are things down there? Hey, hey, uh, Willie, good to be on here with you. Yeah, we're down in Albany, Georgia, which is uh, near the Florida line and the Alabama line, right there in the southwest corner of the state. Uh, things are going pretty well. It's uh, become somewhat of the hot spot of Georgia for the current COVID uh, pandemic, and local uh, hospitals and uh, some officials are, are making taking measures to try to get that under control at this time. How do uh, how do farmers deal with this? I mean, you're in a town of about 70,000. You've been hit pretty hard, but what's the rural attitude about this as we're getting ready to we have planters rolling down there too right yeah we have planters of course uh lands getting ready for peanuts and cotton too but the corn uh started and uh, really hit the high gears probably about two weeks ago and i spoke with farmers as recent as uh, friday and even monday this week and you know they're just going forward i mean one of one of them i talked to said you know what can i do i'm as isolated as i can be out here right now and i got what i need for the corn season and he's hitting the ground running and uh uh, looking forward to a good crop, but right now they're not heading into town as much as they used to. That is a uh, that is one thing they're not doing as much of. And they're they're and some of them are taking uh, the isolation seriously, but right now they're so busy doing what they do with their crew that um, they got their heads in other places right now. Absolutely, and that's part of the importance of what we do is we raise food, and we have to keep moving on that regard, food and feed. Um, one of the areas uh, I wanted to talk to you about, because I know you've been following this a little bit, it's it, because of the way COVID evolved in the southeast. Uh, we got news pretty early that universities were starting to look at their spring and su their summer research programs. What are you learning about that? I think you've, got, you've been talking to different people on that issue. What are you seeing down there? Well, down around it, 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 well, Georgia specifically, but also some of the other neighboring uh, uh, university systems as well, has kind of put a pause or say a suspension on any new research going into the ground, so to speak. That means anything that can be postponed right now that's not sustaining life, like plants, livestock. And they got skeleton crews working in labs right now, keeping things running there. But I was talking with uh, uh, Dr. Alan Moore, who's Associate uh, Dean for Research at University of Georgia yesterday. In fact, we got a, a Q&A with him kind of explaining what he's got uh, going on with the university level uh, on farm press and farm progress now. But what he's saying is right now they kind of suspended as of last Friday about 5 o'clock any, uh, any new stuff going in the ground uh, for, for right now it's play-by-play, play, kind of week-by-week week looking at it. But they've told people to um, they can submit some of the, uh, the investigators or the extension people or the researchers, they can appeal through him and at the university level uh, and give a safety plan on what they can do to continue certain research right now in the fields or in labs, and, and they're adhering to that. And they're getting some waivers on that right now. And of course, we're not getting into the hard peanut or cotton uh, season, which is a big deal for Georgia and this part of the southeast. So we got a little time to see where that may go, but uh, again, I was and another uh, friend of ours, Stanley Culpepper, who is a researcher at the University of Georgia. I was speaking with him yesterday, too. And in fact, he sent me some pictures uh, on kind of what his safety plan is right now and how he's dealing with it. 
and uh, hope to have a gallery on that up pretty soon too for for us as well. But um, they're taking it seriously. They're doing a the social distancing. Uh, Stanley, for example, he's got his crew has some equipment as needed if they got to get in close, uh, close contact with each other. Um, so it's changed things. It's changed. They just they've had to adjust how they approach ad research now for sure, and they're doing it. It's interesting because it's not something you'd actually think of right away, right? We're in the middle of worried about planting. We're in the middle of worried about social distancing and cities shutting down. Oh, and by the way, uh, university research might get impacted. And I think a lot of farmers forget how valuable university research is to develop both the current, uh, more information on current products and, and look at new stuff and new approaches. So, yeah, this is something I don't, I hate, and I also think of the grad students that are involved in a lot of these projects. I hate to see them lose a year um, in terms of uh, sometimes they've been working on something for three seasons. Losing a season could cost them a year of their own lives, right? That's right. You bring up a good point. That's one Dr. Moore brought up and Culpepper. So they're, they're trying to work around that. They're taking that into consideration as well, but uh, they have to stick to some of these guidelines, you know, the health is first, but also they know they got the responsibility. And in the south, southeast in particular, uh, uh, our growers lean a good bit on extension work and university level. Re- in fact, they d- uh, lean on a great deal. So losing uh, any data uh, at any time is, is, is hurtful. But also remember, uh, just a year and a half ago when Hurricane Michael came to our part of the world in harvest, it messed up a lot of season data too because a lot of research uh, was lost when it came to mm-hmm. in October as well. So it's kind of a uh, double, double whammy right now. You know, it's interesting. We kind of, sometimes we forget the last pain point. <laughs> and, uh, you know, having been down there with you in October of a year and a half ago with um, the hurricane situation, I do remember how bad that was. So, yes, lost data. I guess we're used to it. It just becomes... It's the unique thing you don't think about. You know, you've been talking about growers, um, and the mood's pretty good. It's like put your head down and keep moving. I think that's what we do best. Um, anything else you're hearing in that part of the country? What's the weather looking like, and what uh, what other things are you hearing about down there? One thing, well, the weather right now in, in southwest Georgia is about 9 degrees and sunny, so we're dealing with what we get in June, actually, but we're used to that down here. But it's coming handy. Um Winter was a little bit wet in uh, spring. Talk about January and February, which is when we're getting a lot of land ready. Um, that um, that was slow, but right now the weather has turned, so land's getting ready. Corn is going in the ground. In fact, I'm seeing some uh, center pivot irrigations coming up to help the corn along. It's getting a little dry. Our vegetable guys, they got theirs in the ground. Of course, a little bit with uh, uh, the hiccup we had uh, with the uh, embassy in Mexico closing. Yes. And kind of a little shock wave for the labor but uh, what i'm hearing uh, the people are in the right place making the right decisions right now and they're uh, getting what they need it's just a concern on how long this goes and hopefully we can get the workers we need uh coming in for harvest later in april and may and june and places like that so that's concern right now they got what they need they want to keep what they need healthy and then uh get ready to move when it's time to harvest as well yeah i think it's it brings a level of uncertainty at a time where we've gone through six years of just up and down mostly down kind of things. So it doesn't help. But again, the interesting thing too, though, is I'm pretty sure as you're talking to guys, says even though there's the negative, there's the positive too, right? I'm, I'm in control of my life. I'm driving the plant or I'm getting seed in the ground. That's what's happening. And I can, we can, we, the negatives out there, but I tell you, it's more positive. Uh, Jody Childs is a friend, a uh, friend of mine, uh, grows uh, peanuts, cotton and corn mm-hmm. in uh, South uh, uh, Alabama. And he he just said, you know, if we're doing it like we do every year. And so we're optimists. We're getting it in the ground and we're working and we're moving forward. 
That's the beauty of agriculture. I think anybody listening to this podcast who doesn't farm, I think, might get an education on the fact that, you know, sometimes you just keep moving forward and things work out one way or the other. That's for sure. As always, Brad, it's always good to talk to you. I've been talking to Brad Hare, the Senior Content Director for the Farm Press Group and works with Southeast Farm Press down there in Albany, Georgia. Stay distant while you're down there and stay safe and good to chat with you, sir. Thank you, Willie. Appreciate it. There's no doubt that farmers are focused. There's a lot going on right now, but seed is going into the ground and that's what matters. And it appears that the support services in the field are working hard to keep machines rolling this season, despite coronavirus fears. We even learned that there may be some surprising help from those who could be unemployed in town, and that's probably worth checking out. In addition, the Farm Progress team is covering the COVID-19 issue from across the country. The best way to find our coverage is to visit farmprogress.com coronavirus. This site section is constantly being updated. Thanks for listening to Around Farm Progress, our weekly podcast, where we touch base with our editors around the country to get the latest information about what's happening on the farm. Farm Progress is the nation's leading agriculture information source with 17 state and regional magazines and the brands Farm Futures, Beef, National Hog Farmer, and Feedstuffs. And of course, the Farm Progress Show and Husker Harvest Days. Join us next week as we continue our agriculture journey around the country. I'm Willie Vogt, Editorial Director at Farm Progress. Thank you for listening.